I had to literally like reschedule appointments, move things around. Back at the hospital in the morning, early in the morning, get some more tests run. So finally today, they sent me over some images, and I'm like, well, <laughs> it's no wonder I feel the way I do. I don't know who the hell in the right frame of mind wouldn't feel. If they actually would feel a lot worse, they would have just hung it up, tapped out, and said, I'm done. You know, go ahead. Call in hospice, I'm done. You know, I'm ready to go, I'm done. Um, I don't know. It's like my oncologist said, I don't know how you're handling the pain, the pressure pain, too. I said, it's hard. It's 24 hours. And they were like, yeah, because this thing's huge. It's bigger than what it was before. Six years ago. The thing is, it had seven years to grow. Um, ovary was removed and grew back. Then there was lesions and then it became cancerous tumor. Um, got huge. And they shrunk it as best they could, but they told me... If um, unfortunately, we weren't able to resolve this. The whole point was to obliviate and annihilate, annihilate it, and it didn't work. So I knew I was going to, like I said before, I knew I was in trouble. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how or why I'm alive. I really don't know how. I assume why for my fur kids. And to prove to the people that tossed me off and viewed me as a burden and just stopped. Um... I would say, as the state attorney, or as the uh, state attorney said today, is stop treating you as if you're not even alive. And there's a lot of people who do that to people that become sick and they overcome diagnosis and they surpass the prognosis. Um, loved ones, family, friends. There's a lot of people, as he says. Unfortunately, I see this more than I like to say that view those that are sick as a burden they just stop associating with it stop inviting them they stop talking to them they don't treat them as a human being they treat them as they're already gone and all i can say to you as i said to other people is in your situation is you just have to know who to keep in your life and who not to and to learn just how not to let things bother you kim you know i told him i said that's funny because my therapist said the same thing as we're continuing to learn two two words two great words that i have to utilize and i have to start using and continue is peace and calm peace and calm not letting people bother you not letting situations bother you um when you feel like okay you know this is a lot you know obviously you're going through pain and stuff 24 hours a day i'm going through this stuff trying to stay on top of the pain um with oncology and hospital specialists but when your gut is basically null and void and slow as hell, it's not allowing medicine to absorb or even distribute properly to even start on the pain. So it's like we're right back where we started, back at the hospital tomorrow. Um, but this thing's goddamn huge. I'll, well, the picture itself speaks for, you know, speaks for itself. Blurp out, you know, for privacy reasons, blurp out some things, but... I'm right back where I started. I'm right back where I started. I get up to the hospital, get a couple of discs uh, for my other specialists, two specialists that aren't connected uh, with hospitals. And um, a lot of specialists, I said this before, they like the reports, but many of them like to have the discs. Oncology, like to, they like to have the image discs um, because what they do is they just line them up and they can see the changes. Um, that's how I was in trouble when I first started oncology six years ago is they just had all these TV monitors and they line them up 
and it showed me the progression of things and how this ovary grew back. It was functioning on its own. Then you had this monster cancerous tumor that had seven years to grow. Well, I'm on six. It goes right back where it started. They weren't joking. There's nothing that original oncology group told me and warned me that has not come true. Am I upset about it? No. I'm learning peace and calm not to let it bother me. Um, but like I say it again, I'm in a different place and point in my life and I don't tolerate anything from anybody either. I just won't. You have to embrace and protect the good people still in this world. I always say 5%. I mean, is the years go on and day and age it's getting less and less. It's less than 5%, you know? I could see the difference in the public societies from just a year ago. Everybody's in a foul mood. Nobody cares about anybody. Everybody's just, you know, me, myself, and I. And I'm sorry, but you have to join that bandwagon. You have to worry about yourself, take care of yourself, make yourself, yourself happy first. I'm saying this with people with chronic illness and those with cancer is you come first. I'm sorry. It's not being selfish. Anybody thinks you're selfish? You know, salute them. That's all I got to say. Two fingers in the air. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. You don't have to worry about anything or anyone except for yourself. And it was nice to talk to a state attorney. And I mean, his philosophy is pretty much spot on the way mine is and what mine is. But I mean, he sees a lot more than I do. Yeah. He's planning and helping with wills and estates and dual power of attorney and your final wishes and, you know, funeral preparations. And what do you want? What do you don't want? And as he said, this is a society and... and People are very, very looked down and frowned upon people that are sick. A lot of families, as he said, does this. A lot of families. More than, I mean, one out of every two, as he said. It could be greater. They just view people sick as a burden. When are they going to die? When are they going to die? Oh, okay. They're dead. And then he said, and then they'll show this emotion that really there was no emotion when the person was alive. I look at it like an emotion of relief. They probably cry. He's like, oh, thank God the person's dead. I'm sorry. I don't want to sound cruel or cold, but... When you deal and you're, you're literally, you're seeing that kind of behavior or your behavior's directed at you and you don't feel it because that's how people treat you and family treats you, especially. Um, this is in the 1920s and 30s. I'm sorry. Tight-knit families are wanted few and far between. If you have one, be thankful. It's the greatest gift of all. There's no Christmas gift. I'm going to buy that. You're a rarity. It's just not like that anymore. I mean, look at COVID. You know, people became numb to death. Because so much death was happening that people became numb to it and just didn't care anymore. And that's a crying damn shame. And, and I think that the philosophy and the attitude towards people who are sick is the same. It never changed after COVID. COVID was a lesson, I think, from the universe, Mother Nature, and those to be higher power was a lesson that we all need to change as a whole as a society. But we didn't. We got worse. We wonder why climate change and all this stuff is happening now. And they predicted like 10, 20 years from now it's happening now. I think we're re we reap as a society what we sow. We are paying for our own faults and problems because we created the mess that we're in. I had an appointment at a Fisco Hospital Wednesday. And then they called me like 4.30 and said, we have to change it. Can you come in, in the morning? I was like, well, when? Wednesday morning? No, Monday morning because we're supposed to have really nasty weather. I'm thinking... When do we don't have nasty weather? I don't know how many people had the weather app on your phone. I deleted it. I took it off. Weather bug, really great app. I, you know, whatever, whatever. I just paid, just paid over nine, almost $900 for additional damage on the roof. 
I'm officially, I think, over 3,000 on the roof. And then what happens? I told the state attorney we're laughing about it. And I said, you know, it's like, I'm constantly getting hit with this house. You know, I wanted to sell this house and the housing market was hot last year. You know, I had a grant, you know, I was able to get into a good house in that, but I needed an extra Ken signature and everybody wanted to argue about it instead of taking the time to listen to what the grant was about. I lost that opportunity. As he said, that was like a once, once a lifetime opportunity. You know that, right? Because that's the housing market. And then you had the grant and I told him the organization that works with people that are long-term disability, you know? And people who are judging people, what you look like, whatever. Oh, you can take a walk still. You're not that sick. You're stupid. You're ignorant ass. That's a problem why people are disabled don't talk about their journeys because it's people like you. You're not even going through anything probably, but it's a cough, cold, a flu. Okay, put a cantaloupe, baseball, bowling ball-sized tumor in your body and you lug that thing around and tell me how you feel. And then you can't get the pain under control. Tell me how you feel. I walk to keep my blood flowing because I need to walk. It's also emotionally good to get outside once a day and walk. I do my damn best and I'm telling you, I kick myself in the ass to walk and get outside. I do it not just for me, but I do it for Snorio. I do it for my fur baby. I mean, he's been there by my side unconditionally. He lost two companions of his own, Little Blue and Baby Blue. I'm all he's got. You know, I walk for him. I get him out of the house as much as... It's good for both of us. But most importantly, it's good for your emotional well-being. You know? How many people get out walking to exercise? No, not that many. Because everybody sits back and they feed themselves with food. They're feeding this emotion, um, depression, anxiety. You're feeding it. And what's it make you feel? It makes you feel ten times worse. And maybe if you had that cupcake, okay, have a cupcake. All right, if you have a cupcake, all right, go take a walk. Go take a walk. Reward yourself with a cupcake. Not a whole slew of and tray of cupcakes, but a cupcake. Reward yourself. You know, do even Stevens, as my oncologist said. You do even Stevens. You mix it out. I, I don't do cupcakes, but you get my point. I get out once a day for my emotional well-being, or if I have hospital appointments and things like that. You know, what do I really want to do? I just want to sleep. I don't want to wake up. And I want to sleep. And when I wake up, I want to be in heaven. You know? Because of the pain and the constant struggle with the health. You know? That's how I feel. My body feels. But that's not how I feel emotionally. My emotional strength is stronger than what's going on internally. And my ecologist completely agreed with that today. Now they said, you're strong. Your strength's strong. We don't see many patients like you that keep fighting. But things are getting a lot tougher. It's hard for us. But I know you're struggling and it's hard for you. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. As they said, it's like a balloon. This thing keeps filling and it's like a balloon. That pain you're feeling is pressure. And then you have blood vessels around this and it's pressure. And some days are good days, better than other days. I'm not saying it's perfect because I'm never not without pain. But this was a progression. But some days are better than others, and I can do more than others. But I'm not going to lie. I push myself. I live for my fur kids. That's it. I live for my fur babies. That's it. That's it. Because they're the only ones that were there for me unconditionally. That's the truth. I live for them. If I didn't have them, I would have gave up many years ago. Because I wouldn't have went through oncology treatments. I know with my therapist why I went through oncology treatments, why I signed right there in the office, why I didn't have to take paperwork. I knew the um, 
risks and benefits and I knew what I was signing because I thought of my fur babies at home. They need me. You know? If I had human kids, I would have did it for them too. You know? That's the truth. But now that this thing is so big, I'm like, God, you know, you're not hungry. You don't want to eat. You're nauseous. You're dealing with the pressure, pain. Who the hell wants to eat? You know? The food that you crave and stuff, and I like chocolate and things like that, the things I used to crave, I'm not even, I mean, you put it in front of me, I'm not even tempted by it. You just don't want to eat. The bigger these tumors get, the more you lose your appetite. And that's okay for oncologists. They know what the hell they're talking about, and that's the truth. I mix up the shakes. Um, got away from SlimFast now. You know, happened to stay away from a lot of dairy because it's not, it's not agreeing with me anymore. So now I mix it up. Um, there's a lot of protein powders out there, Isoway, things like that, um, where you don't have Slim Fast, which is a straight dairy. You know, Slim Fast is dairy. It's, it's powdered milk, basically, as my gastroenterologist said. It's, you know, stay away from that. Let's switch it up, you know. Let's get a higher protein source where we can get a small container, mix it with whatever, however you do it, and let's get two of these a day. Let's get at least 60 grams of protein in you a day. You know, it's been tough. But I'm doing the best I can, you know. And then get some kind of empty calories or something, you know. If you get chocolate, make sure that, that it has no additives and things like that. The purest form of chocolate. Amish farms, you know, Amish. There's a lot of Amish shops online. Um, people who make chocolate that don't have the additives, preservatives, and it's a pure. Additives, as my gastroenterologist said, is why candy sits on the shelf. And you'll see Halloween candy still being sold. Um... And they'll mark it down really, really, really quick because they need to get rid of it because it doesn't have all that extra wax and additives to where if you go, like he said, if you go into the regular candy aisle, you'll see candy that maybe it could sit there for a year because they make that candy that is not a seasonal candy completely different. Um, I've seen my gastroenterologist for a long, long time and um, I've got a lot of education. It's funny how I'm bringing a lot of education from him on do's and don'ts. It's kind of funny how I come full circle and specialists I used to have were having to bring some of them back. Um, because they know my case. And it's been surprising, as he said, that you've made it. As it wasn't, you know, I'm shocked to see your name come across appointment. What they want to say is surprise you're still alive. One of my surgeons from my last surgery said it. I didn't expect you to make it. I mean, he was a, he's a straight shooter. I, I'm not, that doesn't hurt my feelings. Hell, I'm surprised with you too that I made it this far. But I have a reason to fight my fur kids. There's no question, no doubt, it shouldn't be for anyone. My fur kids. I told the state attorney today, my fur kids, keep me going, you know? But when I die, I want to be surrounded by my fur kids. I don't want anybody else around me. He asked me why, and I said, because I haven't had anybody there unconditionally for me. For years. I didn't have the people there doing oncology treatments. I only had Eric. And Eric was doing things he shouldn't have been doing anyway. So he really wasn't there either. He was, as a therapist said, a projected image of something. He could be a lamp, a table. There was no heart or feeling behind it. It was just like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. That's how my therapist views it and sees it. And he's a third party, not involved. He's not married. He's not family. He's not friends. He's not connected. He's seeing for what it is, the actions and why. You know, he wasn't in it. He wasn't in the marriage. But uh, I didn't have anybody, and during recovery, I didn't have anybody. And, you know, when I woke up and I was sick and not feeling well, my fur kids were around me. They were right there. A lot of them laid on my, laid on my chest. They laid next to me. 
Um, I was in a lot of pain this morning and it was like on and off sleep all day. And I woke up at one point and Henri Teddy, who is the biggest little shit cat, reminds me of Genny. <laughs> TikTok video Genny. That cat's hilarious. And they add, I mean, I know they add their little skits and stuff, but they make it hilarious. But uh, Teddy was wrapped up in a ball and just hunkered next to me, curled in on my side. It's almost like he knew not to lay on my stomach. Mommy's hurting. But for a little shit little Henri cat, who is just the biggest little shit cat I've ever seen in my life, showed me that beyond being a little shit, he's got the biggest love forever um, to ever have for his human mommy for me. And I just looked at him and I smiled. And I actually finally went back to sleep peacefully. And I took my med. I needed to go to med, but I slept. Um, but my fair kids are there. I told the state attorney today. It's, I live for them. I don't want anybody else around me when I'm dying. I want them. You know, I'm, I don't want to be in a hospital. I don't want to. The cold day in hell. I'll be dead before I step foot ever in a nursing home. I could go into stories of things I have seen and encountered in nursing homes. And hell no. I'm not saying they're all bad. But in my opinion, 90% are. I have a close friend of mine. Lives up north in Indiana. And they supervise a... This is his residence, and um, he's a good soul. He admits he's an empath. He's a good soul. Um, he lays next to his residence when they're dying, when there's nobody else there. He holds their hand. He talks to him. He sues him. He says, I sing to him. I bring him their favorite cookies. I check in an extra couple times when I know that they're ready to pass. I'll make sure they're at peace, and he's night shift. So he's seen it all. And there's times I need to call hospice, and there's times I need to call funeral home. But he says, I've been there... I've been there for so many of my residents when they're dying. And days off, they'll come to me as days off. What are you doing? I'm going for a couple hours because so-and-so is coming close to passing. And I know, you know, I just want them to have somebody and so they can see somebody when they pass. Protect that man. Protect people like that. Because people like that don't exist in this world anymore, in society. Less than 5%. He is what makes me smile and still have faith and hope in mankind. He makes me realize there's still good souls out there. And I'm blessed to have met him. If I wouldn't have had a good therapist to let my guard down and let good people in and shut the door on toxic people and people that are not there for me, were not there for me and don't give a damn and have no compassion, no kindness and, you know, and open myself up, my guards, let my guards down to good people and to know the difference in what to look for and what not you know, to look for and look out for. I learned that from therapy. I would have never met him. Like Christmas time, you know, the residents decorated the Christmas trees. Like, send me pictures and stuff. You know, it brings a, a smile. Like, you know, if we could just clone him and every nursing home had a staff of just him. My gosh, it'd be so different. The experience of death for people in nursing homes would be so different. It'd be a positive experience, peaceful. But I've seen things, and it's not like that, folks. I could say, I could say, I could say things I've seen make your head spin, make you never want to put your worst enemy in a nursing home. I protect myself from that. There ain't nobody forcing me. There ain't nobody pulling no fast ones on me. It'd be a cold day in hell. Your ass will go in there before I will, because it's not happening. You know that's where you get attorney, state attorney, and you protect yourself. And I'm not dying in a hospital either. You know, I have a right as a state attorney. He said you have a right to die where you want, if you can handle the pain. You know, end a life. And as he said, you know, I've not experienced it. I can only tell you from families and, you know, of what I have been told and by people who've told me is it's not a pleasant experience, it's a lot of pain. You know, 
But you seem like that strong person. I told him about my grandfather who died at home. He fought his ass off with prostate cancer. That guy still ran with tumors. But the thing is, I wasn't the normal norm that would judge him. Like, oh, he's cancer, but he's running. He must not have cancer. must not be serious. No. I always knew in my mind, he's running, and that's great. Good for him. I've always been, like, driving. I'm like, oh, my God. he's. Is that Grandpa? I go to my grandmother's house. I just saw Grandpa way down there jogging. Yeah. He's jogging. He's jogging. That man jogged till he couldn't jog no more. That's strength. I looked up to him. Now I'm looking up to myself. Because I surpassed his strength and my own inner strength that I never knew I had. Because I keep going. I'm still walking. This thing's goddamn huge. I'm wondering why I have to keep... I mean, I'm like... I saw an oncologist. It's like my pants are loose except for around the waist... And as they said, you're back to sweatpants now. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. We got into this seven years or six years ago. I had to go in sweatpants. This thing got started getting so big, I couldn't have anything pushing because I'm pushing on the tumor. As they said, you're petite. So there's not a lot of room for this thing to grow. So it's pushing up. You can, I mean, you can see this. We can feel it. We don't need to do an exam, inner exam. I can feel this just pushing on your lobe down area. But they were able to feel this also. Oncology, gynecology specialist six years ago too. They didn't know how big this thing because they felt it. I'm walking around this thing. It's lugging around this thing. I'm having to baby it now. Now we're in the babying phase. I have to baby it. I was told today what I should not do, should do, should but you know. You can forget amusement parks, roller coasters. You don't want to do long trips and things like that. Would a plane be safe? No, not with the blood vessels wrapped around this thing. I'm limited now, you know, but I realize I'm fighting for my fur kids, but this pain is, is absolutely nuts. You know, I'm taking back the high doses of Tylenol. I had to take that, um, before I left Nora to walk, put on, I put on, I'm not joking. I put three thermo wraps now, anybody thermo wraps and want to send me thermo wraps, put the email down here. Um, I'm going to be using thermo wraps forever for the rest of my life. Um, to help with the pain, I got another heat wrap a friend of mine sent me. Um, it's a little bit smaller than what I have, but it's an herbal one, but it's a different kind of herbs. Uh, you can look this in, um, oh, what is that? Not Lily, but, uh, I can't think of the other herbs, um, that are in it. It's just a common, different combination than the Amish herbal wrap I have, but it's hot or cold, but I can put it in microwave. But you have to make changes. You work around your tumors. Isn't that crazy? Cancer patients, you chime in on this. You're living around, I don't say cancer, you're living around your tumors. You're living around this entity growing inside you and you have to make changes. But for those who think, because I'm walking and stuff, oh, she shouldn't, you know, be having this and that. You sound stupid. You sound like a jackass. You're a judgmental asshole for judging any cancer patient like my grandfather would do. He'd keep running. Instead of judging, why don't you get some strength off of people that are suffering and they're still doing things and you're perfectly healthy and fine and you can't even get up off your ass from binging and having five bags of potatoes, you know, potato chips. You can't even, you aren't even getting your ass up off the couch. But you got people who have cancer that are on their end of life journey that want to live and they're still pushing themselves and they're still getting out. Get yourself a breath of fresh air, you know. Eating all those potato chips is not going to help your emotional health. It's just going to make it worse. You know, if you want to eat a small thing of potato chips, go take a walk. Reward yourself. Go do some errands, you know. 
do some work around the house. There's plenty of projects. We've got plenty of time now. And getting back to the beginning of this, I had to rechange my whole schedule this week. It's all messed up now. And I had like three different appointment specialists. And um, I guess it's going to be really nasty Wednesday. Am I surprised now? Um, is it making everybody irritable, this weather back and forth? Yeah, everybody is extra irritable. Trust me. Been out in public today on and off. Everybody's extra damn irritable. They're irritable. You just don't want to piss anybody off. They're irritable. <laughs> you blame people. No, this weather's nuts. It's nuts. Um, I think this is like a Karen Carpenter song. It's only just begun. And the rest of 2023 is going to be hell. You know, the time the roof's done, you know. As I said, you basically bought a whole new roof. You know, Eric should have claimed with the insurance company. $1,000 out of pocket. Um, it's two rounds of damage now. You know, trees haven't been pruned. It's just going to get worse. Um, I told the state attorney it's funny because now I have a dishwasher doesn't work. The dishwasher's done. My surprise, no. First it was a stove, now it's a dishwasher. Next is refrigerator because it was all bought together like 17 years ago. That's how old appliances are. So dishwasher's done. And then I have um, a pipe downstairs that's rattling, banging, clinging. Um, and I called the plumbing company and they're like, well, that's part of the plumbing that was done when we were out last that's not covered under that year warranty. <sighs> house should have been sold. And everybody's thinking, you should have got out of the house when the housing market was hot. It was a once a lifetime. That's not going to happen again. This house is falling apart. It was already falling apart, fell apart when we bought the house. That's why over $50,000, and this is not a joke, I'm being serious, over $50,000 in receipts easily have already been spent in this house. And it's literally, as the roofing contractor said, it's just a temporary band-aid you're putting on. Sell the house, get out of the house. I know. I have to find a house first. Disability, as they said, you know, you're going to be under a roof. You have to stay in the house until you find a house. You know, whether it's a rent or purchase. And I'm working on that. But it's not that easy. Everybody knows that. It's not as easy. You know, mortgages are just expensive as rentals. Rentals are just as expensive as mortgages. And if you don't have anybody helping you, you're on your own. I mean, that's even tougher, you know? It's tough on me. Um, I'm not replacing the dishwasher, you know? It's just another thing that's not going to be when you sell the house. Somebody's going to have to replace it or yank it out, you know? You don't want to use dishwasher. Um, it's just myself, whatever. It just made life easier, but it doesn't work anymore. Um, I thought it was just, you know, I called Tom and I'm like, I'm going to go on video with you. And he's like, dishwasher's done. You know, I can hear it and tell you it's done. You know, do this, do that, flip the switch, do this. Once you put this, run some stuff in it, clean it out. It still don't work. As I said, 17 years, your appliances, your stove went out and out. They're all going to go out. They're all going to go out, Kim. It's just, you know, I'm sorry. As he said, I'm sorry, hon. He always calls me hon. You know. Should have got out. He should have sold that house. Should have got that grant paperwork signed. You know, last summer. You wouldn't have all these problems. You know, I don't know how you handle the stress. I'm like, I've just learned with therapy. I just got to learn not to feel. Not to have any feelings. Um, my dad said it once on the phone to me. I asked him about something and I said, how do you do whatever? He says, I just don't have any feelings. I just I don't have any feelings. I don't feel. And I feel how he feels. Because I don't feel anymore either. And I'm learning to turn off my feelings and not care. Um, mine's for a different reason. Because I'm dealing with this massive tumor. You know. That's for my life. I'm doing it for my life. You know. 
not because emotional stuff for my life as I'm learning to tune people out and tune out stress and today's peace and calm in regards to if I have pain I have to catch myself when I'm irritable and just I literally talk to myself out loud as a therapist I need to tell yourself out loud is this is not your fault you you know you can handle what you can handle you know you didn't ask for this you know you're dealing with something that is out of your control with your health and what's connected makes you irritable it's a lot of pain and hey it's not your fault it's not your fur kid's fault you know you just take a deep breath and don't feel there's times in life you just have to learn to turn off your emotions and not feel and that goes for people too not feel and not care about them either you know it's the truth but I have to go back in the morning and uh, for whatever storms and stuff Wednesday you know got the bill coming over text message was I surprised not really surprised um, I tell you somebody who's gonna be surprised and was surprised but I wasn't really surprised plumbing not surprised the house is done it was done it wasn't maintained we bought a house that wasn't maintained now band-aiding a house you know can't keep putting money in a house that's done it's the truth but um Wednesday, I anticipate the storm. I told the roofers, I'll see you soon. See you soon. It is what it is. Just learn not to care when you don't need to care. And if it means your health, then you learn to shut your emotions off and don't care. But for people like my friend, you know, good soul, good kind soul, good person, good people, at less than 5%, please protect them out there. Show them love back when they show you love. Because I'm telling you right now, we're in a society where there's not a lot of love for each other left.